from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News for week commencing June 18, 2017. Amateur radio to the rescue of satellite. I Inspire 2 is a 20 by 10 by 10 centimetre CubeSat built by the University of Sydney in collaboration with the Australian National University and the University of New South Wales, Sydney. On board the tiny spacecraft, an experiment, part of the European QB50 project designed to explore the lower thermosphere for re-entry research and in-orbit demonstration of technologies and miniaturised sensors. This reported in earlier editions of this WIA news broadcast. Its operational frequency was coordinated by IARU to be in the satellite segment of the 70cm amateur band. It was placed in orbit from the International Space Station in late May. The deployment was successful. However, there were no signs of life when the ground station started looking for it. The engineering group quickly tested various scenarios on the engineering model, only to come to the conclusion that, due to the extended delay in the deployment, the satellite's battery was likely to be depleted and the satellite was trapped in an endless loop trying to deploy its antenna. The engineering group suggested the satellite was still listening, albeit with its antennas in the stowed position. This meant that the satellite command receiver might have difficulty receiving any signals from ground control stations. A set of commands were devised which, if received, would instruct the satellite to wait until the battery is charged before attempting to deploy its antenna. Both UNSW and ANU ground stations transmitted the recovery command to the satellite. However, after a week or so of no success, it was decided that more transmitter power was required to overcome the lack of receiver sensitivity caused by the still-stowed antenna. A request for assistance was passed to EME operators around the world and many responses were received. The greatest hope for a successful recovery was thought to be PI9CAM using high power and a 25 metre dish normally used for radio astronomy but also EME. They were scheduled to transmit on the weekend of 10th and 11th of June. On Sunday the 11th of June, during the morning pass, Rob VK1KW reported a strong signal every 30 seconds on iInspire 2's frequency. Demetrius VK1SV, who is part of the ANU team, verified reception from home around midnight. The following morning, Demetrius drove to the ANU ground station and was able to send commands to the satellite for the first time since it was deployed. Many other radio amateurs around the world also reported reception of the beacon. The satellite had come back to life. Now this is a wonderful example of successful collaboration between radio amateurs and the academic community. If a frequency outside the radio amateur band had been used, it is doubtful the satellite would have been brought back to life. The crew of iInspire2 wishes to thank all radio amateurs around the world involved and is looking forward to a successful collection of data for this scientific experiment. Hello everyone, this is Marcus, VK5WTF, from the WA board. What a crazy few weeks and months it has been. 
Firstly, I would like to thank you all out there who voted. It was an amazing turnout, and we, the board, are already working hard to do our best for you. But we should also remember that there will be pain, and not everything will go perfect for every individual. But overall, we are working together for the improvement of amateur radio in Australia. As you keep hearing, the WIA is already in the thick of it with the new Radio Communications Act, and I believe we already have over 200 submissions. This is an amazing response from the community. This is a taste of the open engagement we want to have with the wider community, continuing the online engagement started by the previous board through the WIA website. An important ingredient to all of this is trust. As a board, we have started the first steps towards this by putting the committees at arm's length and entrusting them with the task and the scope within those committees. As a board, we are also investigating other avenues to communicate and engage with members and the wider community. We have already heard many suggestions from members in the wider community and you have been heard. What we all want is a strong WIA that can effectively advocate for amateur radio in Australia for the benefit of everyone in this hobby. Well, about me. I'm one of those few amateurs that got my license as a teenager. It was the mid-90s, I'd been listening to shortwave radio for a few years, and I managed to use a second radio as a BFO so I could hear people talking on 80, 40, and 20 metres. Not long before getting my license, I actually participated in the Remembrance Day contest as an SWL in 1993, and if you look up the results, you'll see me there missing out on a certificate. For a short time, my love of computers and the internet intersected with amateur radio in the form of APRS. But soon enough, life came along and amateur radio took a backseat to university and my love of programming and the internet. The current world of digital modes, SDRs, as well as one of my other hobbies, climbing mountains, dragged me back. I am one of the closest things to a digital native and I see an array of amazing things that amateur radio can do in the modern digital world and it's not all about working DXCC and JT65. Thank you all for listening. This is VK5WTF signing off. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1WIA. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee, with a few things to consider about the consultations currently underway. There's a lot going on, as many of you have noticed. Firstly, let me clear up a few misconceptions. The Commonwealth Department of Communications has published what is called an exposure draft of the Radio Communications Bill, and it is seeking comment from anyone with an interest in radio communications. It is not a telecommunications bill. There is no draft telecommunications legislation out there for comment. Clear now? Now, let me reinforce that the radio communications bill consultation is being conducted by the Department of Communications, not the ACMA. The WIA is preparing a response to the radio communications bill, which has to be submitted to the Department of Communications by the 30th of June. To help our efforts, we are seeking your concerns and views about the Radio Communications Bill, which will in time become the new legislation. This is quite different to amateur licence conditions. The Bill sets out the high-level principles about the use of radio communications in Australia. In this regard, there is proposed a deal of rulemaking concerning equipment. The new bill proposes that the supply of equipment to the radio communications market is separated from its use, with strengthened rules related to importation, possession and supply. 
That is, there will be a regime of type approval rather stronger than applies currently. Under the current arrangement with the existing Radio Communications Act, amateur equipment is not required to be type approved as such, and we understand that this will not change. The ITU definition of the amateur radio service comes to our aid here. Experimentation and self-learning are central to amateur radio, which means the building or modifying of equipment. You're all familiar with that. New equipment rules would only apply perhaps a year or so after the bill is passed into law, which may happen sometime next year. Even then, it is anticipated there would be public consultation phases conducted by the Department of Communications. If you wish to share your views on the Radio Communications Bill with the WAA, you will find our consultation page on the website. Now, I turn to the WIA's current consultations on future licence conditions, which we will be advocating to the ACMA in due course. Phase 1 on general principles closes next Tuesday, the 20th of June. Your responses to date have been terrific. If you haven't done it yet, don't delay. Phase 2 consultation on future licence conditions on proposed changes to the three licence grades will close on the 25th. Phase 3 on outstanding issues to current licence conditions opened yesterday, the 17th, and also closes on the 25th. Get cracking! This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. A while back I made mention of the risks of putting comments out at internet platforms if they are defamatory. This week a publication for the Australian medical profession carried the front page story of a GP who has been awarded $480,000 as a result of suing a former patient who posted material on social media. I am aware of material that appears from time to time concerning members of the amateur radio community that you would describe as being less than complimentary. Should the targets of these posts decide to pursue legal action, it would be considerably more costly than being caught for bad on-air behaviour, going by the penalties I have seen posted by the ACMA. After the onslaught of criticism that preceded the board elections, I feel that we can expect to see the new WIA board become more proactive. And if the contributions to the broadcast news is an example, they are off and running. There still seem to be detractors from the Wallace Institute as mentioned, and sadly this seems to be a pattern of stolid behaviour rather than any genuine response to reality. We could say that the conspiracy theorists are living amongst us. For the many amateurs who are concerned about the future of our hobby, there are many ways of being involved in supporting and promoting it. There are public arms such as amateur radio magazine and the social media, internet and broadcast activities. There is training and assessment and there is being a club member. Clubs provide so many opportunities for people to share the many qualities they each have. I would like to say concerted effort, a program to advance this pursuit, amateur radio, and gain proper recognition in the community. We, as a practical grouping of enthusiasts, have much to give. We can't allow pettiness and disagreement to get in the way of regaining recognition and growing our membership. Perhaps now is the time for us to think about where we are in supporting our hobby.
Maybe several of us will see a way back to supporting our national body, the Wireless Institute of Australia, and perhaps many will find their way to joining a club in their area. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news. I'm John, VK4JJW. FCC strictly enforces RF equipment rules. Reports coming in suggest that the FCC is quietly imposing brutal penalties on suppliers that don't comply with its equipment authorisation and marketing rules. In a recent release, the FCC took the unprecedented action of threatening to prohibit non-compliant RF equipment suppliers, including IoT suppliers, from marketing their devices in the US. An intense winter storm and severe drought experienced in the Western Cape of South Africa resulted in devastating fires ravaging parts of the Southern Cape area, with Nizna being the worst affected. Some fires are still burning in this part of the world, it's claimed. The call for radio amateurs to assist came on the 8th of June, when mobile phone, internet and landline telephones went down in many areas. The disaster aftermath continues, with seven deaths, 439 houses destroyed, and thousands of displaced survivors. Disaster relief continues unabated. Amateur radio once again showed that when all else fails, amateur radio will not fail. It's reported that Mexico's Federal Telecommunications Institute has approved a new rule that requires all smartphone manufacturers to enable the technology that allows the device to pick up FM radio signals. The report appears in eMarketer, who say the move came after months of pressure from the National Chamber of Radio and Television Industry and makes Mexico the first country in the world to enact such legislation. Most smartphones are already designed with a built-in FM radio receiver, yet in order for smartphone users to get radio signals on their devices, the receivers must be activated by the manufacturers. European Space Agency astronaut Thomas KG5FYG returned to Earth on the 2nd of June after a six-month duty tour on the International Space Station. RSGB News say it took more than three hours to descend to Earth in a Soyuz MS-03 transporter. During his time on the ISS, he participated in several amateur radio on the International Space Station school contacts. And now that he's home again, two radio amateurs are celebrating the achievements of their fellow ham with a special event station. Here are the details from Amateur Radio Newsline's Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT. The two hams are celebrating the achievement of the 39-year-old pilot who has become France's 10th astronaut in space. Every weekend through July 19th, the two are operating special event station TM1ISS in his honor. They're making contacts on single sideband, digital modes, and a little CW. Adrien says the station was born out of pride in France, but also in appreciation for Thomas for kindling the imagination of young people through his experiments, his school contacts, and his talented use of videos and social media. 
this is a kind of uh, new generation of uh, astronaut and uh, you he used a lot of social media and uh, he share uh, he shared all the he shared moments of uh, experiment and uh, of uh, also his fly and uh, he also spent time uh, to to contact uh, schools uh, via uh, amateur radio uh, with the Iris program If propagation is cooperative, the French hams are also hoping to make lots of contacts during field day. So, be listening on HF and VHF in single sidebands, CW, RIDI, and BPSK. You can find the operating schedule for TM1ISS on QRZ.com. Now that this astronaut has his feet planted back on Earth, is it possible we'll hear Thomas Pesquet work, the very station that commemorates his flight? Adrien shares his thoughts on that prospect. That would be just superb. Why not? Let's hope. <laughs> For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT. Want to ride along on a ship that's making its way through Canada's Northwest Passage? Be listening on the air for the ship's onboard whisper beacon. And give a listen meanwhile to this report thanks to Amateur Radio Newsline and the NZART's Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. What a journey it has been for Canada's C3 vessel, which departed from Toronto, Ontario, on June 1 for 150 days of travel to Victoria, British Columbia, via the Northwest Passage. The ship bears the special mission of marking Canada's sesquicentennial, but it's also carrying an important passenger of sorts, CG3EXP, an amateur radio WSPR beacon that is part of an onboard science experiment. The live tracking link, which generates a dot for each maidenhead grid square of the journey, is being hosted by Jeff Milne, VE3EFF. One of the experiment's goals is to produce a map at the end of the journey, showing the course the vessel took, displaying the number of listeners who logged the beacon and where they were located. Canada C3 has an ambitious schedule of daily stops, so there's plenty of opportunity for tracking. Don't expect the beacon to have an easy time of it on this cruise. The RAC notes that a number of the locations on the itinerary are in marginal areas for radio, subject to auroral disturbances and Arctic flutter. For CG3EXP, it looks like this scenic trip is going to be a working holiday. I'm Jim Meachin. ZL2BHF. As I leave this week from the International Desk, for those asking, Jason VK2LAW will return next month with his take on the international news. I'm John VK4JJW. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ham Radio Operational News. It's contact, support. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. 2017. VK1 Winter Sir QSA Party takes place August 6, 2017, 9am to 11.30am. WIA's flagship contest and Remember State Contest, 12th and 13th of August. August 1920. IWLW, the third full weekend in August since 1998. 
August 26, Alara Contest, start time, 1600 hours. This is a 24-hour contest for YLs. YARE High Speed Telegraphy World Championships are the 8th to the 12th of September. October CQWWDXSSB Contest. WIA Contest Champion Results 2016. Avid contestant Alan Shannon VK4SN had the best combined effort in three out of seven Wireless Institute of Australia sponsored contests for 2016 and was declared the WIA Contest Champion. Announced by the WIA Contest Champion scorer Peter Richardson VK2PR, he congratulated VK4SN on the win. He also won the title in the years 2012 and 2014. Alan VK4SN was first on 380 points. Second place with 280 points went to Barry Simpson, VK2BJ. And in third place, Jared Hill, VK2IO, having 220 points. Peter VK2PR said, Congratulations to the winner, and special mention goes to Barry VK2BJ, who increased his tally in 2016, compared to the previous year, by 200 points. That included winning his categories in both Oceania DX Phone and Oceania DX CW contests. The trophy, named in honour of WIA stalwart Peter Brown VK4PJ Silent Key, encourages log entries in at least three WIA contests. Peter died in 2013, aged 100, and had been the contest manager in the 1970s and 1980s, and after an absence of 25 years, the trophy he had initiated was reintroduced as a fitting tribute. The Peter Brown VK4PJ trophy goes to the highest scoring WIA member, who has participated in at least three WA contests and submitted log entries. DX Four operators are active as DL-006P and DL-ON4IPA. From Fenman Island, IOTA reference EU128, from the 17th to the 23rd of June. They will operate SSB, RIDI, PSK31 and PSK63 with two stations. QSL via ON6ZV direct or via the Bureau. J0JHQ will be active as AH0C stroke KL7 from near Anchorage, Alaska from the 17th to the 19th of June. Main activity will be on 160, 80, 40 and 20 metres during the All-Asian DXCW contest this weekend. QSL via J0JHQ. Azerbaijan hosts the Formula 1 Grand Prix in the capital city Baku over the weekend 23rd to the 25th of June. Several special event stations are active till the 25th of June. Look for 4JF1EU, 4JF1BAKU, 4KFONE and 4KF1BAKU. For VK1WIA National News... I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au. Hi, I'm Brian VK3GR with this week's worldwide special interest group news beginning with Intruder Watch, the Enforcement Zone. Iran radar back at 28960 kilohertz. The IARU Region 1 Monitoring System newsletter reports an Iranian radar is again on 28960 kHz and 50 kHz wide. The German PTT Binetza in Konstanz has been informed. They also report a mysterious Beacon D from Far East Russia was audible on CW in the evening hours on 7039.3 kHz. 
Spurious transmissions were logged on 7078.6, 7117.9, and 7157.2 kHz, also out of the band. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW and the ILLW reaches its 200th registration. It took 20 years for the call sign PA6LH in Holland to score the prestigious 200th registration in the annual International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Doing some research on the North Sea Lighthouse, WIA's Jim Linton, VK3PC, discovered its foundation is shaped like a tomb and is the official memorial to Jan van Speyk, hero to the Dutch people. A red-coloured light warned off the dangerous shallows near Egmond aan Zee from 1833. The group, who has been PA6LH each year since 1998, will be sent a certificate for being this year's 200th entry. Registrations in the fun event so far include Africa, Europe, Asia, Oceania and the Americas. For the simple guidelines or to register in the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend held on August 19 and 20 this year, visit the website at www.illw.net. Now to Radio Amateur Old Timers, the ARRL member who may be the oldest active radio amateur. ARRL report 105-year-old Cliff Kayart W4KKP of White Rock, South Carolina, is claiming the title of world's oldest operating ham. No official record of such milestone exists, but ARRL is not aware of any radio amateurs senior to KART, and he is now quite likely the oldest active ham, at least in the US. Earlier this year, Charlie Hellman, W2RP, died at 106. He also may have been the longest licensed. Hellman outlived the former oldest ham, Harry Wolf. W6NKT by eight days. Wolf was a couple of weeks shy of turning 108. Khart now lives at the Heritage at Loman Home. I've had to get help setting up after moving here from Tennessee, he said in his QRC.com profile. Two local clubs, Dutch Fork Amateur Radio Group and Columbia Amateur Radio Club, have been there to help. It has been slow going. They tell me I may be the oldest operating ham. Kayart is active on 80 metres as well as possibly other bands and born in 1911, Kayart was first licensed in 1937 as W2LFE in New Jersey. He then was W9GNQ before becoming W4KKP. Now Rota are recipes on the air. This worldwide recipe swapping net is on 20 at 14.183, UTC Mondays or slightly later, depending on how long the ANZA net runs for. Fun on the air swapping information about recipes or favourite ingredients. Listen for the gastronomic cue to call from Lynn VK4SWE. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's VHF and above the plumber's delight. Just last week saw Graham ZS6GL becoming the fourth member of the High Kilometre Club when his beacon was spotted in Hawaii by AH6GT in Grid Square BP29AP. With 250 milliwatts output on 14.097 MHz, the distance was 19,193 kilometres. ZS6GL says he waited nearly six months, but his patience eventually paid off handsomely. Now, closer to home, Gips Tech 2017 is coming in early July, not long now. This premier technical conference focuses primarily on techniques in the VHF, UHF and microwave bands, especially for weak signal working. The annual event will be at the Federation University Australia Gippsland campus in Churchill, about 170 kilometres east of Melbourne on July 1 and 2. 
Those wanting to present at Gipstech 2017 need to contact Chairman Peter Freeman, VK3PF, without delay. Registrations close on June 25 with more details on the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club website at vk3bez.org. That's all I've got from Melbourne. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Across Australia, VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service on Echolink and IRLP. It can be heard on the Aussie Conference Server on Echolink, which is also connected to IRLP, Reflector Note 9559, and can be heard at 10am Sunday morning Australian Eastern Standard Time. I'm Jason, VK3FNQS. As we reach the end of WIA National News for another week, July 1 in VK3, Gipstech 2017, the technical conference in Churchill. July 22 in VK3, the Great Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. This is July 22, as I said, at the Cranbourne Community Hall, Clarendon and High Street, Cranbourne. August 27 in VK2, Sarkfest with a difference. In this age of the internet and online shopping, a hamfest is a lot of work for not much fundraising. The really important part of a hamfest is that it's a great social occasion. With that in mind, it's been decided that the Summerland Amateur Radio Club, SARC, will run a show, tell and sell day. SARC, the Lismore Area Ham Club, will provide the usual tea, coffee, cake catering along with an all-day barbecue. But you have to bring along things you've built or assembled and show how you do stuff. Members of the Monday Night DigiNet will have digital image and file transfer stations operating. Now, stuff to sell? Sure, bring it along, car boot style, for August 27 in VK2 Lismore, Sarkfest with a difference. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Thanks for listening. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.